Welcome to this week's Gig News, your go-to podcast covering the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Now, let's turn it over to your hosts, professional gig workers Chad, the gig economist, and Hannibal is Hungry. Hey, welcome to this week's Gig News with me, Chad, him, Hannibal. What's hey. going on, man? How was your week, sir? Uh, pretty lousy, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's the I car got, is slow, right? Yeah, it's it is really going downhill. Um, and it's funny, like I so I remember like the last couple of weeks I was talking about like you know I was getting like I got that one star from that fraud. Let me see your whatever guy, the Felix Flowers guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still. On my, it's forgiven, but it still hasn't. Like they, they said, they were gonna get rid of it, and they yeah. still haven't. So it, it was funny because uh, I psych, I finally cycled out uh, like three bad ratings, and I woke up this morning and I thought I would be like four point nine eight or something, and I was like four point nine two or something. Right. And and I looked and I I got one brand new four star yesterday, and I was like, these people are so picky. What do they want? And like you know, well. On on Instacart, <clears throat> so if you bring up your star rating, where it says customer feedback, let me see if it'll. It was, yeah, okay, I can say a little bit. Okay. Yep. Where it says quality of items. Yeah. This is where you can see if customers reported something damaged or missing or wrong. Okay. So I hit view issues, and you can see the it's top one item. there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a flower bouquet. Okay. And I was like, I remember buying that. And it's true. I did buy it. And I then I was thinking about it. I remember when I was cuz it was part of like a triple order. And I remember I had this bouquet of flowers and I was trying like I I, I so I put it like you know how next to most cash registers there's like a cooler for sodas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I don't, I don't have any place to put these flowers. So I put it on top of the cooler, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put it back down on the belt, or I'll hand, hand it to the cashier once I empty the cart out. And I totally forgot to do that. So they're still sitting on top of the soda cooler. So this customer got charged for flowers, but they didn't actually get them. So in this case, they're correct. Th- these flowers were missing. <laughs> but well, at least she may- only gave me four instead of a one star. But do you think the those ratings is why things got slow? Like, is it with with a lot of shoppers complain about is any bad rating just knocks you out of the algorithm completely? Do you believe that's what your case is, or you think it's just the market and things are just slow right now? Um, I think it's six of one, half dozen of the other. It's it's funny because like in the app, it actually says rate. Let's see if I can find it. It says ratings affect access. Yeah, rating. Well, it says ratings oh come on dude i was right there no you had ratings oh, may rate affect work. see where it says ratings so you don't you affect. don't even you don't even get a chance to look at the batch so like someone who had a really low rating batches not won't even show up on your phone to even be to check it to swipe it to, to accept it right well, is it is it is it five is it basically is it five or or you're screwed. Like if it's not, if you don't have a five, then you're not going to get well good bad. That's the thing. They've changed it from. 
see now they go by proximity so they're mm-hmm. basically you have to be close to the store or stores so it's probably like it goes first by proximity and then by rating so it's like you know if you're in a parking lot with like you know half dozen other shoppers they're probably going to offer it to you know whoever's 5.0 first and then go down the line but you know instacart doesn't okay. they never reveal how this works exactly so instacart has been feast or famine a lot lately like yesterday i only did two batches all day but guess how much money i made how much a hundred and five dollars how much <laughs> from two You're, batches did you hear me yeah, you said 105 for two batches. Yeah, you're, it's funny. Your internet's cutting out now. <laughs> Last week, mine was. Uh, you got any okay. other programs All right, open? Let's, let me see if I can try to see one. I'll turn everything. I'll turn some stuff off. So while you're doing let's that, I'll just see. tell the story. So yesterday, I wasn't really planning on working. But I was like, let me let me go online. And I, I, I see a Costco batch for like 32 bucks or something. Actually, I see a batch for 32 and I just swipe it without really looking. And I realize it's Costco which is like 15, 20 miles away from me, and it's all highway. I'm like, ah, I really don't want to take this one, but my cancellation rate is getting high, so I'm like, uh, I just want to... All right, I'll take it and just get it done. It was a pretty small order, like eight items. And then on my way there, Instacart is doing... They reintroduced the add-on feature where if you're on the, your way to the store, they'll offer you another batch on top of what you're already about to shop. And it came in for like, I think it was like another $30, $25, $30, something like that. Yeah. And it was also only like eight or nine items. But I mean, they wanted like cases of bottled water and kitty litter and stuff, you know, heavy stuff. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll take that. Because when I I was driving to the store, I realized, man, this is going to take an hour and this really, or over an hour and it's not really worth it. But then they're essentially doubling my pay. And I was like, okay, well now it's worth it. And then after that, I got a triple for Publix for like $45. So between these two batches, mm. I end up making $105. The problem is after I delivered that, that second batch, Instacart just went dead. <clears throat> but it was fine because um, Uber, Interesting. It, they're, they're offering me a $100 bonus for completing 10 trips. So, and, and like you can do Uber Eats as part of the bonus. So I was like, all right, so all I have to do is 10 Uber Eats deliveries, make 100 bucks on top of what you would actually make between the base pay and the tips and all that. I'm like, hell yeah. So, and I had already, it's funny. I had already done a few other Uber Eats deliveries on Thursday and Friday. So I only needed like four or five more to hit the goal. So I just spent the rest of the day doing Uber Eats and I ended up making like, after I got the, between the bonus and all that stuff, I ended up making like over 200 bucks yesterday, but today was dead. I only made like 120 bucks on Instacart. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I've been, it, it's if it's oh, is this am I still off? No, you're, you're go ahead. No, no, I was just checking to make sure that my uh, that my connection and my stuff is working. Yeah, your video is going a little blurry. You know, it's funny, it's no, like no. when we're shooting the show live, like there's a lag on your end, but then when I watch it on the replay, there's no lag. Uh, okay. Well, if if it's if it's working, we'll keep going. So, anything exciting happen to you? 
Uh, no, not at all, man. Same, same old, same old routine with how I've been doing. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the food delivery stuff. It's still working. I mean, you know, I really have what you call market privilege. Like I'm in an area that just seems <laughs> to be always something happening. There's always either events happening. There's always a lot of people ordering food. Things are getting colder right now. So people are in the inside more. So, you know, if you out there, you want to deal with it. It's just the traffic. And that's just my, you know, New York problem. It's just the traffic is just, could be very frustrating. And it's like, you're not making as much money as you like to because of time. But other than that, nothing, nothing new happening over here. To be honest, hmm. we got a, speaking of new. We got a bunch of new people in the the chat. Holly Camp, Jewel Seventy, Precious Lesko. Speaking of which, I'm gonna be she's gonna be on my podcast November 10th. And actually, well, while I'm plugging it, let me. Uh, I get the so tomorrow at noon, I'm gonna be interviewing Aaron Hoffman, the CEO of Deliver That. Cool. cool. And so I'll be taking the Wednesday night show off because we're doing it on Monday. And then the following Wednesday, November 3rd, I'll be talking to Driving Addict. He's actually right near Nugs. He's in Dayton, Ohio. Um, cool. He's he's a good follow on Instagram and uh, TikTok. So if you're on either of those platforms, I mean, he's on YouTube, obviously, too. But uh, he, he's he's good at making like those short, bite-sized videos, and they're usually pretty funny. So shout out to Driving Addict. And then... I'm talking. To, I didn't make the thumbnail yet. Sorry, precious. Um, November 10th, she'll be on the show, and then November 24th, that's the night before Thanksgiving, I'll be talking to the self-employed investors journey. Cool. So, cool. I haven't made. I just haven't made thumbnails for those yet, but they're coming. All right, ready to read some news. Let's go. All right. I. I you know, it starts off kind of a bummer, but then. It picks up after that, so stick, you know, get fast this first story, folks. Mm. All right, so this is from Bloomberg. Lyft reports 4,000 sexual assault claims in its first safety report. Lyft recorded, yeah, we just said that. The, the review is Lyft's first disclosure of safety incidents, including motor vehicle fatalities, f- fatal physical assaults, and sexual assault that occur on its platform. It's been almost three years since the ride-hailing giant initially pledged to produce a study following an explosion in legal claims by passengers against Lyft and rival Uber. In 2019, Uber disclosed the results of its own, which found almost 6,000 allegations of sexual assaults, including drivers or passengers, on its platform in the U.S. from 2017 through 2018. Four people were killed in physical assaults in 2019, and 49 people died in Lyft collisions at a rate lower than the national average. The rate of sexual assaults and total trips decreased 19% from 2019 to 2017. Yeah, yeah. Uh, officials have sought greater transparency into violent crimes reported to ride-hailing companies. A California agency... See, it doesn't say... It just says a California agency. I'm assuming that's a government agency mm-hmm. of some sort. <laughs> what agency? It said mm-hmm. a California agency had previously asked Uber to pay a fine of $59 million for refusing to disclose details that would identify survivors of sexual assault on its platform. In July, the agency agreed to reduce the penalty to 150000 in exchange for anonymized data about survivors in California and agreement to work with state officials, blah, blah, blah. Lyft said its 16-page report was independently reviewed by the Chertoff Group. Unlike Uber's study, Lyft did not say what proportion of claims came from drivers or passengers for each category of sexual violence. Lyft said overall, 52% of incidents are reported by riders, 38% by drivers, and 10% by third parties, which can include law enforcement, regulators, family, friends, etc. So, I thought it was going to be a little bit more juicy. Well, actually, maybe that's that's, maybe that's the wrong word. (laughs) But 
because I thought like it would go into more detail about you know this happened here and what time and there, maybe another site covered it in more detail like that. But um, and what they don't leave, what they what they left out or what they don't mention is like you know okay four thousand incidents out of how many like because you would have to take right. four thousand and divide it by the total number of rides, which I mean over the course of three years that could be millions, tens of millions maybe. I don't I don't yeah. know how many lift rides are in a year but i don't know i mean that four thousand sounds like a lot but i i bet you if you actually put it in context it's probably not that i think i think by the idea that you're comparing it to the average of i guess society or whatever community you're talking about or the entire scope of you know sexual assaults uh with you know beyond just in the uber or lyft car or whatever like that just normally i'll I'll be interested to kind of know that information but Unfortunately, when you're trying to hire as much people as Uber and Lyft does, I know not hire, but make them, you know, have them on their platform. Uh, you could talk to a lot of the fee- a lot of uh, women who take these uh, to take these rides. They all have a story of a dude being, or most 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 men are driving, dude being inappropriate, being creepy, uh, being you know just being inappropriate for the most part. So. It it is a it is an alarming stat to have, um, but yeah, I would like to know more information about it. And it don't seem like Lyft and Uber wants to really have this information out. Obviously, it doesn't help their business, but uh, it would be nice to have more numbers on exactly, you know, more transparency. Obviously, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, um, and also be interesting, like if we could get some, you know, actual eyewitness or anecdotes or whatever, because. I mean, if you've been watching this channel, you know I did that lift challenge back in August, I think it was, and it was pretty incident-free. Other than like the closest I came to like an incident was uh, when I went to pick somebody up, and I didn't realize till he got in the car, and he had already started loading like multiple things of well, not even luggage, just bags, that he wanted to go from Orlando to Sarasota, which is like two hours away. Yeah. In the opposite direction of where I live. And I was just like, nah, dude, I can't. And he started yelling at me, but, you know, it, he just took his stuff out and left. And, like, that was it, you know. So, all right, let's let's move on. We got, all right, so you want you want something juicy? This one's juicy. This is from Vice. Elaborate Crypto Eats food delivery scam steals half a million dollars in minutes. The fake company got influencers to promote it, creating T-shirts and swag. Seemingly held a party, launched, then disappeared entirely. Uh, for the last week, a handful of UK-based celebrities have been talking about a new startup called Crypto Eats that would compete against Uber Eats by allowing customers to pay for food delivery in cryptocurrency. I mean, it sounds like a great idea. The creators mocked up a logo, got TikToker influencers to promote it, uh, threw a party, and announced that Eats token through a press release that went out over a service often used by legitimate companies. Almost immediately after its launch, Crypto Eats vanished from the internet, <laughs> along with a few hundred thousand dollars and one of the more elaborate shitcoin rug pulls in recent memory. In the press release, which can still be found on Yahoo Finance, Crypto Eats claimed it had raised $8 million in Series A funding. How could such a low-key idea to accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment for your food attract such interest from the cryptocurrency community, it asked. Crypto Eats first real step in allowing people to use cryptocurrency as a form of payments in the real world. Uh, let's see. The Crypto Eats website claimed it had hundreds of restaurants to choose from and promised odd-sounding features such as ordering individual items and having a driver pick them up from a different restaurants on the way to your place. 
It promised coffee delivery within five minutes of the press of a button and promised potential workers a pension contribution and guaranteed salary. Sounds too good to be true, huh? Ahead of the token sale, it even got influencers to wear crypto eats branded uniforms. None of this was true. And Wade Phillips seemingly does not exist. I don't know. Wade Phillips is, used to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Soon after launching token sales this weekend, blockchain records show the crypto eats developer wallet transferred roughly $500,000 in Binance coin into various wallets and the project completely disappeared off the internet without releasing its promised app. Its Instagram, Telegram, and website are gone. And like many other NFT and BSC token rug pulls, its investors are screwed. An email sent to the address listed on CryptoEats press release immediately bounced back. Uh, what makes CryptoEats more interesting than your average rug pull, a type of scam endemic among cryptocurrencies and NFT projects, was the elaborate setup as well as the speed of its disappearance. Several people who watched it happen in real time suggested the company disappeared mere minutes after the token sale launch, after a week or so of concerted influence led hideups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this is an interesting story because I actually. I wanted to talk about this last week because I saw that find it, that Yahoo article they were talking about, and I actually tweeted it out, and somebody tweeted back at me and said, hey, this link doesn't work. And I went back, and like, sure enough, it didn't work. And then mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, I don't, you know, I just didn't really think much of it. And then this story came to my attention this week, and I was just like, oh, that kind of explains it. But I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm huge into crypto. I buy $10 in Bitcoin every day, but if you're going to play crypto, like, you gotta the the well in my opinion that you it, it starts and ends with Bitcoin. That's really the only crypto you need because it's completely decentralized. Maybe Ethereum, but um, you know all, all the other cryptos. A lot of them are centralized, so there's like there's a single point of failure, so the government could just shut those servers down. Like Bitcoin, unless the government shut down like every computer in the world, you know Bitcoin's gonna continue on. So. Um, yeah, you gotta be really careful when, with these types of crypto, because now yeah. these crypto scams are just going global, and so I mean, it's buyer beware, folks. Yeah, there's tons of scams, tons of scams online, on Instagram, TikTok. Um, there's a a lot of YouTube channels that cover it. A really good one is Coffeezilla. If you guys ever uh, check him out. He discussed a lot of these scams. So just like what the article says, what happens is they will pay influencers, either Instagram or TikTok, to promote a coin. There's not a lot of information, but it's going to be a lot of flash. It's going to be basically a coin you never heard of. They put a lot of different words. I think there was one scam called EarthCoin. There's tons of them. And yeah, what happens is it's like, you know, like a big pyramid scheme. Uh, all the people kind of dump their money into the big wigs who started early, you know, sell, get out before ever, everyone else is holding the bag. So, uh, you know, I agree with you, Chad. You want to research what you're doing. You should have an idea of what crypto is. Um, and like you said, go with the most, the, I guess, basically the most established uh, currency that's out there. And usually it's where you could sign on to either Coinbase or Robinhood where they have at least decent um, cryptocurrency that you can invest in because that's the thing too about why it's so effective to scam people everyone wants to go on the ground floor right everyone wants to be you know maybe five years ago when bitcoin was a hundred dollars or whatever it was and now you're a millionaire like everyone, everyone wants to get to that i guess we call it the gold rush right now is invest in a coin that's really cheap and and make a lot of money but it's a lot of scams out there so you be very very careful And you're muted. I always do that. 
a lot of people are probably like it's better that way but yeah um yeah if you don't know what you're doing with crypto with anything you know make sure you can find somebody you, you trust or I've at least actually, or at least invest money that you're willing to lose like yeah i'm gonna be honest do i know everything about crypto no <laughs> right but the money i have invested in, like it's, it's bitcoin and um and ethereum mm-hmm. If I if, yeah. if they all if I lost all that money tomorrow, it's not it'd be annoying, but it wouldn't be like earth shattering. Like some people putting their life savings, I think that's kind of yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Although Bitcoin, last time I checked, it was like over still over sixty thousand. It hit like sixty five, sixty seven thousand. Yeah, uh, it's under sixty. It's just under sixty one thousand right now. But I know this is not a uh, finance channel, but I will ask you a question. Are you a part of the hold? Like, all right, just you buy, you just keep buying, and you don't ever yeah. take any money out or take any Bitcoin out into it for money. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding. That's that's my retirement money. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, so let's move on. All right, so here's we got a kind of funny story. Just another DoorDash TikTok video. This is from New York Post. Like, I don't know how, but this. Like every major outlet picked up this TikTok video this week, even though like the video is like a month old. Mm. And this is from the New York Post. Yeah, a hilarious video shows DoorDash coffee order trap man inside his home. A DoorDash customer says his delivery driver accidentally trapped him inside his home by leaving the full cup of coffee order just inches from his door. Alex Bradshaw shared a video on TikTok of his dilemma trying to figure out how to open his front-facing door without tipping over the beverage. Thanks for the coffee, DoorDash. Captured the September. Yeah, see, this video is from a, a month, over a month ago, but I don't know why, but it just got picked up by everybody. I was like, all right, I guess we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, this is, you can see the picture. Like, he has the storm door, just like the exterior door with glass. And the driver put it right in front of the door because it swings out. And I'm not so sure. This is, this still image is basically the TikTok video. It's just, the, the TikTok video is just like the door opening a few inches. That's it. There's no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that song's not on it. So if you've seen that, actually, I think I have it. I think I have it right here. Do you see it? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate, man. Unfortunate. What else can you do? How many? Jump out, you could jump out the window of your house. 264,000 uh, videos or views. Just. I hate to sound like a freaking boomer, but I'm just like I, TikTok. Like, what do you, what do you guys? It's it's all algorithms. What's so funny it's, about that? I would I not share that with I, anybody. Not every well, not every viral thing is funny. It's just first of all, how often is that happening? Every it day. Like ha- it seems like it's happening. Like people are just delivering and they're not thinking past, just putting the food down and walking away like in front of the door. Like not every door opens in the same you know either in and out but i don't know i always put the food to the side i never ever put it in front of the door i don't know yeah you know what my my door my apartment here it swings out and i can't tell you how many times not just uh first of all i get lots of amazon deliveries and they always put it right in front of the door usually they're delivering when i'm out working so when i come home it's not that big of a deal um, but you know, if I ordered DoorDash, this happened to me, I think two weeks ago. So I ordered uh Wawa breakfast, uh, on a Saturday morning, like two or three weeks ago. And even though I have a wooden folding table right next to the door, um, cause I have a bench on the porch. So like if I sit on the bench and I can put my beer on the table, you know, 
Um, usually, nine out of ten delivery drivers will just put my food on the table. But this lady, she put it in front of the door, and I had coffee, so like I open the door and it spills the coffee all over the place, and the stain is still there. So you know what I had to do is I have um, I don't know if I yeah I still have it. Well, you can't really tell, but this is glow in the dark tape. I got this on the ship when I was this. So this tape is probably like, well, the tape itself is probably 15, 20 years old. It still works. Mm. And uh, so it glows in the dark. It's pretty cool. And um, I just wrote, do not de- leave deliveries here. Door swings out. So hopefully that's going to stop it. But Yeah, I think that's what, you, what a customer needs to do. Either they put that in the notes or they have to have a mm-hmm. sign. Because I think, I think majority of us humans i think live in places where the door does not swing out i'm I'm just guessing i'm not trying to think of all the places i've been but i think especially the screen doors screen doors what kind of screen doors do not open in they open out so just some common sense but yeah if you're a customer you got to write a lot of notes and hope they even read the notes and follow the directions that's a whole other thing well actually all you have to do is just look at the door itself and if you see the hinges (laughs) you can tell if it swings in or out yeah 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 so all right, well, let's take a, a quick 30-second break. Uh, Gary's actually in the comments, so this is an ad for uh, Driver's Utility Helper. Again, can't stress this enough. If you're a DoorDash driver and you have an Android phone, download this app. It's free, although you can upgrade to the premium version. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. Is it just me or is it every time I play a video, like even like when I play our intro or outro, it seems to start really fast and then it slows down. It, mm. it just seems like that. You ever notice that? Um, not on my end. So maybe okay. because you're the you, you're the host, maybe. Yeah, it might, I mean, it just might be a lag thing. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, back to the news. This is from Business Insider. Uber Freight Boss says we're living in shipping Armageddon, and it's going to take the entire industry to fix it. See. Uber's logistics boss says the entire industry must pull together if it wants to fix the shipping crisis. In an interview with CNBC's Jim Cramer, Uber freight chief Lior Ron said that we've reached shipping Armageddon. The company was using its own technology to help tackle a problem, but only a sector-wide solution would work, he said. It really requires the entire industry because we are facing just unprecedented times. We're ordering more and more packages that we love to consume to our doorstep, but the supply chain is completely imbalanced. The entire network is different. Uber Freight launched in 2017, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the global supply chain network is on its knees after a fall in shipping demand during the early days of the pandemic in 2020. A surge at the end of the year led to delays, port traffic jams, and blockages across the supply chain. Now, containers are getting jammed up in ports because of both rising demand and a continuing shortage of dock workers and truckers to unload them and take them to their destination. Earlier this week, the White House stepped in announcing plans to shift the clogged up port of Los Angeles to a 24 hours a day, seven day a week schedule to help ease traffic. Retailers Walmart, Target, and Home Depot also announced extra working hours to shift their own stock from containers to help DJM cluttered ports. 
When asked whether better wages was a solution to the trucking problem, Ron said it was an important element, but it wouldn't resolve the problem on its own. Long-haul trucking has become less appealing to drivers, especially in the wake of pandemic. Uh, it's harder for them to be on the road. It is better. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's the end. Yep, that's it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I am noticing for sure a supply chain disruption as an Instacart shopper. Just it's. I mean, it's not as bad as like March of last year when just the entire aisle of toilet paper was empty, you know. And panic but, uh, ensued. Yeah, and if you're in Florida or anywhere, like if anywhere on the East Coast, it's like from the Carolinas down. Like if there's a hurricane coming or Texas, when you know there's a hurricane coming, you'll see like bread is all gone, canned food gone, bottled water gone. And it's not to that point yet, but it's getting there. And it's funny because, like, it's – I've talked to the store managers, you know, and they said, um, like, niche items, specialty items, they're just – they're not really reordering those right now. It's like once they sell out, that's it. They're – they're it's if it has a very low demand, they're not even going to bother. But, like, they're going to basically keep staples. So I think right. by the time Christmas rolls around, I think – I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think a lot of stores are going to look like there's a hurricane coming when there's not, just because of the supply chain disruption. What's it like? What's it like up there? Uh, things are just getting more expensive. Um, there are some shortages in certain items. It's a big deal, and I think it's interesting. A lot of uh, people in our community, the like GigTube or whatever you want to call it, aren't talking about this as much. And actually, I'm going to do a, like a little video about it just to bring some awareness to whoever comes across my channel about how the supply the supply chain crisis will affect us as you know gig workers, independent contractors mm -hmm. that deliver goods to people. That certain things are not are are being stuck out in you know in a crate somewhere or someone to ship somewhere, and it just seems like you know what happened the Rona and lack of employees lack of labor and and just the, the whole chain is all the supply chain is in a really bad space right now and it seems like it's not gonna get fixed anytime soon it may we may have this problem even over the next year and i feel like yeah uh, not enough of us are talking about it well a lot of that can be due to you know vaccine mandates and show me your papers yeah, and stuff like a, that and yeah it's a, it's a lot of layers but it's like all and then our government and i don't want to get political here I mean, the press secretary is making jokes, you know, like there's, yeah. you know, when the reporter's asking, what do you think about certain items like, uh, you know, treadmills? I think the, the reporter used the word treadmills and she kind of like scoffed at, you know, oh, people are, you know, crisis of treadmills. It's like, so we have a government that's not necessarily thinking this is a big deal or they're trying to gloss it and make it seem like everything is okay. Like, so we don't, the leadership is a, a bit of an issue right now. And it's just a lot of factors that, you know, as a gig worker, you should be at least cognizant of and shop for christmas presents right now because yeah i've heard that uh th everyone's reporting that so I, I would take that seriously yeah there's probably gonna be a shortage of toys around christmas um yeah yeah uh, if you watch tim pool he's been talking about this for a long time so yeah hey steve from red share rodeo is here hey hey steve we needed you like a half hour ago when we were talking about the <laughs> session. oh we yeah talk about uber <laughs> Well, that did, technically didn't really have anything to do with Uber. It was just like about the. It was just a talking head from Uber talking about. Yeah, the he's like, we got to, we got to, yeah, we got to fix it. Like, yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people <laughs> have yeah. that idea. They would like to fix it. I got a, a simple solution. I mean, well, it might not be a, a fix-all solution, but stop 
just drop all mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports. That's really going to help right there. Because there are people that are going to sit at home and not work, and they'll starve to death before they get <laughs> a jab in the arm. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it. it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big deal. It's just it's so many stuff happening at the same time, and it's just, it's just terrible. Terrible situation. DC Gig Worker 21 says, Agreed with Hannibal that now is the time to buy gifts for Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, you know what I've been doing? Or, so I should have plugged this a long time ago. So, you know, I do, I do those receipt rebate apps, you know, Fetch, Ibotta, Receipt Pal, Coin Now, all that stuff. Uh, even um, GetUpside. We all know GetUpside, you know, the rebate on yeah. your gas. Yeah. Last time yeah, I, I checked that. my GetUpside, let me, I haven't checked it in a while. Holy shit. Yeah, how, how much how much how much how much uh bank you got in there? <laughs> bear in mind a lot of this is uh okay, wait, wait, I'm gonna show my address here. Yeah, we hundred and seventy five dollars and six cents right now. And I just cashed out a hundred dollars like a month or two ago. Cool. And I also have like over two hundred dollars of my Ibotta and so my point is that I'm gonna just instead of getting literal cash from these i'm just gonna get like amazon gift cards and get 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 upside and ibotta and fetch they're paying for my family's christmas presents you know (laughs) you gotta be more creative and i think that's what you're saying earlier about you know instacart getting slower Mm -hmm. think these type of things may happen because i think a lot of people like even you know i can i I use this cart for shopping and you just look into prices of these goods and you're like all right, I'm not going to spend as much as I usually do, or that's a bit expensive. Let me take some items off the list because you want to make sure, especially as a you know independent contractor, you're not showing where you know where your money's going to come the next month. You got to be more conservative, and I think a lot of people are doing that, and especially if they're not working <laughs> and they're getting their checks. You know, they're going to be a little bit more careful about each dollar they spend and the tip that they're going to give out as well. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is uh, good news. So this is uh, from USA Today. Considering a ship shocker gig? Yes, years ago. Here's how a Michigan man earned $100,000 doing just that. Uh, So I'm going to skip to... All right, so meet Robert R.J. Woldheis, who worked as a ship shopper and made it pay off, earning him six figures. He earned $100,000 in 2020 working as a ship shopper. I mean, that's feasible if you do $2,000 a week. Uh, his earnings, mainly shopping for groceries, were a combination of tips and what ship pays per order, which can vary. Now, they like they show a bunch of pictures of him, and they said he dresses like in these crazy outfits and uh, stuff like that. I just wanted to scroll down to where it says how he did it. There we go. How he did it. Wold, I don't know. How do you pronounce that name? Woldhouse? 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 Yeah. Woodhouse? <laughs> yeah. I'll go with that. He works part-time as a ship, now works part-time as a ship shopper, but his core methods are what he believes make him successful. The best and easy way to maximize your income is shopping multi-orders at one time. See that? Triple and double stacking? Well, I guess it's different with shipped, because he might be shopping multiple singles. I don't think ship does doubles and triples. Mm. So we need is a... You need someone to have Precious Lesko does, I think she does shipped. No, she does corn, I, I think, let us know. If you're, uh, I know she yeah. does Instacart and Corner Shop. I don't know if she does Shipped. I wish Steve, who else does Shipped that we know? Nugs? I wonder if, no. I wonder if, I wonder if Gig Life may have Shipped. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. yeah I think Gig it's, Life. It's, it's I don't think possible. 
Anyway, uh, the best and easy so you, way. To... So you think it'll be it's easier to do multi orders probably on ship compared to like I guess Instacart where you gotta do ten thousand items. Yeah, mm. let me. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> he credits his <laughs> delivery zone, which is mostly dense, making delivery efficient and shopping at one store, knowing the store is a key. I think he's in the uh, Detroit suburbs. Uh, let's see. At the store, I map out my shopping on the ship app so it would flow with how the store is set up. Takes time before each shop to make sure it's organized. Make sure things were organized and have to backtrack. I am a Virgo. <laughs> I like things in their place. At the end of the shop, it matters. He brought his own baskets more than a year ago. Set inside a shopping cart. The baskets keep organized and separate. When checking out, self-checkout is best because it's quicker, and some customers only wanted him to handle and bag items. Uh, during the pandemic, shipped orders were plentiful. Yeah, during the first couple months there, and then everything ran out. Mm-hmm. There were days and weeks, especially when the pandemic started, that there were hundreds of orders and not enough shoppers. Yeah, and now it's the other way around. All that methodical shopping paid off. Pandemic definitely boosted pay. And then, you know, it goes on. You know, for a USA Today article, this is not very succinct. I'm going to actually, I'm going to reach out to this dude, see if I can get him on the podcast. Not not this one, the the interview show. So that'd be, that'd yeah. be interesting. He, he seems like a kind of a dude that would be cool to talk to. I mean, he's, he, he I mean, just, all you have to make a video is I made $100,000 in one year doing shift and... You know, now he's in, uh, he'd be in uh, Blake Moore territory. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting how these articles are, are put together. I, like, you know, I'm not saying Shipped said, hey, talk about this guy, how much money he's making to make it seem like we're doing pretty well over here. Because I remember one couple years ago, um, the first time I ever heard of Instacart was an article about a dude, I think he was in Florida, making six figures shopping. Instacart, and I was like, wow, you can actually make six figures doing this gig work stuff? Like, like these kind of articles help bring more people to saturate the market, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone's reading that. It's like, I want to make six figures too, even though the likelihood is unlikely. It depends on your market, of course. But I remember that a few years ago was an article. I could probably I wonder if I could find it. But it was a guy in Florida, and he looked, he didn't look, he was hustling. He, you know, the pictures, still images of him just like shopping in a, rec, in a grocery store. And you think, like, man, I want to make some money. So I think that's that kind of stories help saturate our market with more gig yeah. workers. I I really hope like all the apps have like stopped hiring new people. I mean, I've heard like people, I mean, I've been the shipped waiting list for like a year and a half, 2 years. So, but I've also heard other people from other on other apps is cuz something I thought about doing, but it's like a gamble. So I thought about you know how it's, I I mean, Valista has been talking about this for a long time, but I've always noticed it is that the apps they for whatever reason they prioritize newbies over veterans because newbies have the W2 mindset where they'll take anything because they're they think they're trying to appease a boss but they're not correct and so like you would think okay i'll deactivate myself and then reapply and start all over so that the app thinks i'm a newbie and you'll get all the the newbie bonuses and all that stuff or at least the algorithm will like you but um that's a huge gamble because if you deactivate yourself i think every app just about probably has like at least a 90 day waiting period and then even if you do reapply there's no guarantee they're going to take you back the only one i think that would is Lyft, yeah, it has maybe to be maybe Uber, yeah, like rideshare driving. They but need, I them. think, yeah, Instacart, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats. They got, yeah. they got enough. I, drivers. Yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't try because yeah, yeah, I think uh, DoorDash in my area is a waiting list. Grubhub waiting list. The only one I think you could probably do that is Uber Eats, and I. Even then, yeah, they may, they may say, hey, we got enough of you, so we don't need mm-hmm. any more. All right, let's move on. Our next story isn't 
technically gig-related, but it's in the sphere. Domino's has a shortage of delivery drivers, so its CEO is hoping you'll drive to the restaurant to pick up your pizza instead. Although we should note that Domino's is like the only pizza chain that does not do Grubhub, DoorDash, or Uber Eats. They only use their own drivers. Correct. Maybe they should start uh, thinking about using Grubdash Eats. Hmm. And Domino's just released earning reports. Uh, the same store sales dropped for the first time in 10 years before... I mean, it's only 1.9% decline in sales of the last three months. The pandemic created a boom for pizza businesses. Whoops. Domino's, like other pizza chains, there we go, was able to keep all U.S. stores open as other restaurants were forced to shut down. See, this is these, uh, the lockdowns, they weren't, they didn't really affect chain stores, and the, but the mom and pop local stores are the ones that got hurt. So that's consolidation right there. Uh, early in the pandemic, restaurant industry analysis, Sully and Roger Lipton named Domino's as one of the chain's best position to survive the pandemic. Pizza chains have a major advantage over competitors for the last year and a half. They already had the infrastructure and customer base for delivery on-premise dining was a uh, much smaller part of their business than other chains, so they had to less. You know, this is a translation from a different language. See how the <laughs> so sorry, folks. I'm not like drunk. I swear. <laughs> Growth was strongest in the early days of the pandemic with same-store sales growing. Growth topping 10%. Sorry, there's so many ads here. Shrinking sales. But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm done with this article. The point <laughs> is, um, yeah, Domino's wants you to come pick up your own damn pizza. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting a while. And you know what? I am. I do enjoy some Domino's every once in a while, and I do pick it up. For two reasons. First, yeah, I do not want to wait on a delivery driver to come and get my food. Cause I know that person, that person, a delivery driver is going to do multiple stops. You know, I want my pizza as hot as possible. And their carryout deals are pretty cheap. Like you can buy a lot of pizza and not spend a lot of money. I think that's where Domino's kind of works. Like the value is pretty good in terms of what you want to order. Um, is it all your all the you know potential Domino's drivers are doing? gig work <laughs> mm-hmm. so unless they're going to pay them more which i remember one of uh domino's execs saying they don't make money on the delivery they make money on the product they make money with the pizza yeah. so how do they change because it is interesting it, it you know you said 1.9 not a lot of a drop but where everyone's ordering online they really shouldn't be losing money mm-hmm. um but clearly the labor is an issue and to attract drivers would got to pay them more right like you got to make it seem like it's better to take this w2 than deliver pizza for the rest of these apps so i don't know how to do that to be honest yeah i don't know if you saw this um alan said uber took one hour for complete approval and inactivation but was that recently or was that a while ago yeah even for me that took a few days i was in pen in 2020 it took me at least a couple of days and gig cleveland said you should do a newscast drunk um but you know I used to do, <laughs> before I started this podcast, I had the sh- very short-lived beer and BS sessions where I would actually drink a beer and then just answer questions in the chat. <laughs> so I deleted all those videos. They're all gone. Sorry. but And uh, uh, well, I, had to, I waited until towards the end of last week's show when I cracked open that Goose Island, Bourbon County. But he said two, two months ago. Yeah. Good. That's nice. that's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. This is from TechCrunch. 
Moves wants to reward gig workers with shares in Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, and Grubhub. Let me zoom in here. Moves. This isn't getting bigger, just making it narrower. <laughs> Moves, a Toronto-based gig company. That's where uh, Precious Lesko is. She's in Toronto. Um, wants to reward gig workers with stocks from, from the companies for which they drive. The first version of the Moose Collective, as the startup's new service is called, launches on Thursday with Uber stocks available and then quickly and then quickly offer Lyft, DoorDash, and Grubhub shares, says CEO of Moves, Matt Spoke. Moves' thesis is this. If gig workers become shareholders, they might feel more economic alignment to the platforms they work for. Furthermore, if enough workers own stocks in these companies through the Moves Collective, they might be able to form a voting block in the future and actually influence the company decisions. Moves said that it already owns a significant and growing stake in these companies, all of which are common shares with voting rights. And uh, I know I forget what they say out down here, but... Workers who are already part of the Moves platform, which enables gig workers to track and manage their money from different companies, have access to a monthly spending account and instant business cash advances up to $1,000, are eligible to sign up for the collective and receive rewards in the form of stocks. Moves will give workers a series of tasks to complete, like refer three friends or participate in a user survey in order to receive free stocks or fractions of stocks, which then go to the user's own brokerage account that Moves has open for them. So check this story out. I'm not going to read the whole thing right now, but... I mean, yeah. that's a good idea, especially, I mean, like they were saying, like if you just, they should encourage gig workers to, you know, buy stock in the company that they're working for. And exactly, like you could form like caucuses or voting blocks or whatever to like that, like gig workers collective. Are you listening? Well, I mean, I guess you can't buy stock in Instacart, at least not yet. But, you know, if they all got together and bought enough Instacart stock once it becomes available, although, you know, the super rich are going to buy most of it. Um, I mean, they're at least going to have a seat at the table. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you, you are have some level of ownership of the company. I believe there is a video about uh, moves. I think don't quote me. I think the ride share guy has a video about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't seen it, but I remember, I remember going through uh, the articles. I think I typed it in. So um, I probably got to check that video out to get more information and see what their perspective on it. Um, but just reading from here, yeah, it looks like you, you want to, you first you want to be able to do some level of investment when you're working doing these jobs. It's not just, yeah, you want to pay the bills, but you want to do some investing. And this seems like a good opportunity to, you know, do both. You're working and you're putting some money to, you know, your future and, and investing. So I think it's a pretty cool idea. You know, it's funny. I actually talked to Matt Spokes a few months ago. I, I don't know if it was like when they first launched or what, but like he hit me up and he said, I really love to tell you about my my app, and it's. Very similar to like Stride or um, Gridwise. Actually, it's very, very similar to Gridwise. The only difference is Gridwise, which I prefer over Moves, Gridwise uh, will track your mileage. Mm-hmm. But Moves doesn't do that. If they yeah. if they added that, they, they could definitely compete with Gridwise. So I'm, I think I still have his email, so I'm going to shoot, uh, shoot him a message and see if I can get him to uh, come on the show. Oh, hey, thanks. DC Gigworker just gave nine ninety nine. Cool. Thanks, man or woman. I'm not sure your real name. <laughs> uh, all right, quick break here. Uh, this is a an ad for Maximo. If you're a rideshare driver, or you know, like if you're Uber Eats, Grubhub, um, and you got an Android, again, free app or upgrade to the premium version. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. 
But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. Yep, so check out MaximoApp.com or just download it from the Google Play Store. Anyway, let's move on. We got an Instacart story it's from Fortune. Instacart's largest acquisition yet is a $350 million bet on cashierless in-store shopping. There's supposed to be a picture there. Nothing <laughs> to it. Uh, one factor that will keep, you know, let's let's cut to the chase. Backed by the likes of Lux Capital and First Round Cap, First Round Capital, Caper users, Caper uses object recognition and sensors rig to shopping carts so shoppers can move through checkout more quickly. If the technology sounds reminiscent of the Amazon Go stores, that's because it is. In the same category, Caper says it's smart carts. Yes, physical carts with touchscreens attached can recognize goods placed inside them without having to scan or weigh them. The company also sells a checkout counter rigged with cameras so that items don't have to be scanned one by one. A year ago, Kroger partnered with Caper to release a smart cart, though. Notably, according to the store, grocery store's website, their cart does require scanning for items, which would certainly put it a cut behind Amazon's. But I think there's only like two Amazon Go stores in the entire world. Instacart spokesperson says Caper's new technology doesn't require scanning. This acquisition comes as investors and experts alike are wondering whether Instacart can maintain its heady $39 billion valuation now that online grocery sales are falling from their pandemic peak and a whole line of new competitors threatening to bite into its growth. A big part of now CEO, I think they mean new CEO, uh, Fiji CMO's answer to these concerns is to be a kind of Shopify, Amazon, Facebook hybrid of grocery stores offering more and more technology and uh so this this uh, actually it's pretty short but um well you don't see i think that black blocks there there was a picture of the shopping cart like with like this kind of like a, a tablet like a really long tablet thing that goes across the top and it just it, like you just kind of show it whatever item you're buying and like it it knows what you're buying so that way they don't see the problem is like this is this is like the first act I, like How's this gonna? How are they gonna give these to stores and give these to Instacart shoppers? You know, is this gonna make shopping way faster? And it's also like it'd be awesome, like if it can, like, which actually they used to do when they had the in-store shoppers, which well, I think they still do, is the in-store shoppers would scan every item with their phone, and like it would be paying for it, and like they would have paper bags in the cart, and so they would be bagging the order at the same time that they're shopping it. Mm. and saving tons of time that way. So the only thing they had to do at the end is, like, if they had produce, they have to weigh it, um, just, like, on a digital scale for, you know, legal purposes or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that would seem like a solution. Like, they already had that. I, I mean, I don't know. Does... I I want to I want to know more, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you, I think that's I, I get what you're saying. You just want to know exactly how this what what is it bringing? What new is bringing to the table, and who is this helping? Is it helping the shoppers? It's going. It's going to speed up the process because 
you know what the only thing that was in the news a couple of days ago or at least last week or so has been this strike and how a lot of shoppers feel like they're not being um, heard they're not getting compensated fairly and then at the next instacart story press release is they're investing 350 million dollars into ai something something you know like it's interesting i'm sure that that deal was going on for quite some time now but um you know i think right now just like with the cart with an article said instacart is trying to fight for survival you know like they're trying to hold on to their market um so the idea that shoppers are going to get more of whatever they've been asking is not <laughs> don't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon and the reason why is the customers as long as people keep buying and they like the service and most of them are not, are not tipping they, go, they it's too convenient and as long as the instacart has the customers on their side why would instacart pay the shoppers more you know what i mean like what why what, what's the purpose yeah it, it doesn't make them any more money you know? especially when there's a waiting list of tens hundreds of thousands of people you know yeah but um yeah uh Duran dad said that's what they do at sam's club and i i yeah i i've seen that like i'm actually a sam's club member and uh i they also uh at bj's like if somebody orders through bj's.com or the bj's app and we get the order and actually this was in my ride along video from a week or two ago um you don't have to go through the cash register like it'll it'll say just show your phone to the guy at the door and they scan a qr code and you don't have to bag it up or anything well at a club store there's no bags anyway but that's the interesting. So if, if let's say for instance, it does help speed up the process that will in turn, they'll say, well, you could make much more money now doing more work because you can deliver more uh, groceries because you can get in and out of the store quicker. So that they, you know, like, so in theory, you're going to be working more, but have an easier time. I mean, I'm just trying to guess so how it worked for the shoppers in terms of making it a yeah. better experience. So, um, and with a point um, you, you're putting up, yeah, it's an issue with theft. I mean, we're in California. Some people mm-hmm. people are walking in, taking things, and leaving. Like, so who, how do you know yeah. who's an Instacart shopper and who isn't? So, uh, yeah, we need, we need more information on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, we had tons of stories tonight, but we're burning through them already. Let's, uh, let's keep this marathon pace going. Or this, mm. not the opposite, no, a sprint pace, I guess. Yeah, sprint. <laughs> So this is from Market Watch. Gig workers who file under duh. <laughs> Gig workers who kept working during the pandemic were rewarded with higher earnings. Meeting monthly incomes for rideshare drivers, dog walkers, hey, that's you. And online sellers held steady during the pandemic, even as fewer people worked those jobs, according to a new JP Morgan Chase Institute report. Uh, this is a pretty short uh, article. I'm just going to say. In the months leading up to the pandemic, some 2.5% of American families earned income from doing gig work, according to the report, which drew upon data from 38 million Chase personal checking accounts identifying details had been removed from the accounts. I hope so. But at the onset of the pandemic, the figure had dropped 1.9% of families each month earning money from doing gig work, a 25% decline from pre-pandemic limos. We got a nice, lovely uh, line graph here. You know, I love the line graphs and bar <laughs> graphs. At the same time, medium monthly income for drivers, non-transport workers such as dog walkers, shout out to Hannibal again, and online sellers for the most part hovered at their pre-pandemic levels of $500 a month for transport and non-transport work and $100 a month for online sellers. That implies an increase in overall income among platform participants during the pandemic, the authors of the report. 
wrote. <laughs> in contrast, people who worked in the gig economy renting out their homes or cars saw a large large jump in median monthly incomes during the pandemic compared to before. That's because fewer people rented homes or cars during the pandemic and the ones who continue to have more inventory to offload resulting in an uptick in revenue. Or it could be it could reflect an increase in prices or longer term rentals as families adjusted to pandemic lifestyles. And that's pretty much it. But I don't know. I I didn't think about I thought about dropping that story because it seems like you know, file under duh, you know, it's like, yeah, people who work tend to make more money than those who don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think a, a, the issue of a lot of us gig workers is how well, how successful we were during that time. And anything when you, you know, comparison, a lot of our problems is our perspective. I'm not making a lot of money because man, last year I was making so much money, but like that was the higher low of a market that wasn't that wasn't normal obviously but now we're kind of thinking why things aren't the same as they were last year and interesting dog walking i didn't make any money during the pandemic when the lock i mean i am in new york i mm -hmm. made money when they stopped that where they kind of released a little bit when the cdc kind of said you can go outside so a little yeah, everybody was home so they was at home they, so it was no yeah, yeah. so i was delivering back food. to work yeah but I think a lot of our issues and a lot of the frustrations in the community in terms of things are just getting slow and people have to maybe have to go back to W2s because we're, we had a, a, a such a crazy event that made this much money and we're trying to reach that again. And that's not that's, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to take another break, but we're just we're on a good pace here. So I'm going to drop the the ad for Mike Delivers. I mean, it's, not, it's a free pomo that i do by the way oh i should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show you know i make a whole separate video about this you know actually somebody should do a drinking game take a drink every time chad said he's gonna make a video about something and he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um i mentioned this on the show last week or maybe two weeks ago i said gig tubers make a 30 second um ad for your channel and i will run it during the show as a free promo you know just a, as a active goodwill or just because i really believe in the gig tube community you know so um anyway let's 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 keep going here yeah. uh, we got one more serious story and then we're and then it's all fluff from there on uh let's see just eat ceo says grubhub will be part of u.s delivery consolidation uh so the chief executive of JustEatTakeaway.com said on thursday he expects newly acquired grubhub to eventually be part of a consolidation in the U.S. delivery market, but signaled he is not currently open to selling the business. Over time, there will inevitably be consolidation in the wider U.S. on-demand delivery market as various players combine to optimize the last mile. I don't know how to pronounce that. Jitsi, Jitsi, Groen told investors in a live stream pre presentation, company management expects Grubhub to be involved in this consolidation when it comes and comes and intends to do so from a position of strength. Asked whether he would consider selling or combining the whole of Grubhub's business, which Takeaway bought for $7.3 billion in June, gro grown demurred. Grubhub is fresh, hardly, <laughs> but hmm. added that anything that makes Grubhub a stronger player, we'll look at. Takeaway shares are down 25% this year, in part due to the company losing market share in the U.S. suburbs and after New York City, its biggest and strongest market imposed a cap on the commission food delivery companies can charge restaurants. Investors have called on the company to address its competitive position in the United States, where Grubhub is pitted against Uber Eats and DoorDash, among others, including by selling, considering selling parts of its operations. They also want takeaway to clarify its strategy on grocery delivery, where it competes strongly with Amazon-backed Deliveroo in Europe. 
So, um, yeah, more bad news for Grubhub. And actually, um, uh, Ron Walter at the Entree Courier, I, when I tweeted this, he, he sent me this. I just want to show this real quick. Cool. By the way, if you guys aren't following me on Twitter, you're missing out. Uh, so this is what he he said. Interesting twist. Guessing it's one of three. Jitsen Rogan, or whatever the guy's name is, realizing he bought a lemon. Mm-hmm. Jet has been moving to employee model, and they realize it's not sustainable in the U.S. Plan was always to keep the ordering, marketing platform, and spinoff delivery. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back, I'm going to guess it's number one, realizing that he bought a lemon. Yeah, that's the first question I thought, like, is he just saying that so he can get someone else to spend or pay more money to take it from him? Or, like, what, like, we've, we've seen articles where they literally said that Grubhub is losing their market share. Uh, Grubhub gives out the best uh, payouts, so they're not, they're paying a lot, you know, they're throwing a lot of money, too, to the drivers. Or at least, you know, it depends on the market. Like, that's the strongest market probably is New York City and Brooklyn's pretty good. Um, they're stuck. They just bought the company, right? It, it just <laughs> happened. Where do they go from here? Um, do they put pour more money into Grubhub to try to get back that market share from DoorDash and Ubeats? That just you know, does that is that a good idea? Uh, I think they're like you said, they're in a really tight situation. I don't know how they get out of this. Um, but I guess the other the other the other um, idea that they they just get away from delivery and just keep it as a platform. But like, how is that? How does that make money? Like I, you yeah. know, like I wish I knew more about financial stuff, but uh. <laughs> yeah. I was to, I was just about to say I wish Steve was here because he probably he he just said Ron, where is great question? So uh, I I'd imagine Steve will probably be talking about this on his show. And speaking of Ron, you know, uh, he his last literally his last episode of his podcast dropped last week, and uh, which if you're a delivery driver, it was a great. He's got probably couple hundred episodes in the archive cool check out the entree courier podcast i mean you can get on any so i've been listening to it for a while um and yeah listening to ron i mean because he's a he's a boomer and the way he talks he like it's just him talking into a mic but he feels like he's talking to you and he doesn't he never like stammers or stutters you don't you don't hear him say um uh you know like 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 me if i'm just speaking temporarily or whatever like he knows exactly what he's gonna say and he sounds like he's given like a, a sermon or something which is funny <laughs> because he actually has a degree in uh um ministry or whatever i forget what it, what it's called but theology um, uh, yeah I, I wouldn't know but communication is very effective yeah. at, you know at that that kind of steve, thing. steve said ron will be dropping podcasts still there and here in fact it'll be about more subjects just less frequent Cool, um, yeah. So check out the ride chair or well, yeah. Check out the ride chair rodeo podcast. Check out the Entree Courier podcast. Check out my Hannibal's channel if you're not already watching him. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. All right. So our last two stories are pretty funny or lighthearted, I should say. You know, we've been doing the show since June, and we're just now having a BuzzFeed article. I can't believe it. You think there'd be a BuzzFeed article every week? BuzzFeed kind of went like Grubhub is happening right now. They're yeah. losing and they're <laughs> slowly fading away. So Bu- BuzzFeed is like the Grubhub of, uh, <laughs> of media, uh, whatever viral viral <laughs> posts or whatever. Mm. What's the other site we always use? Is um, the Daily Dot. Yeah, I mean you use yeah. more Vice. I think Vice. Yeah. I mean, I guess well, that's Vice like that's hard news and like, um, 
BuzzFeed is like fluff, and that's like you know, like we're doing our top five pumpkins and food and top five French fries. True, like, true, true. That's the stuff that BuzzFeed. I remember when BuzzFeed came out like ten years ago, like all like, and it, it's funny because this is my first time looking at a BuzzFeed article in years, and they haven't changed. You kind of avoid I, them, yeah. They were they yeah. they were pretty good at how they were. Everything was a viral kind of post or article yeah. they were putting together. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's run through this real quick. It's not even really news. It's just an article. Uh, delivery drivers are sharing their worst experiences while on the job, and you're going to want to tip extra after reading this. I wish. Mm. Um, so it, it's just like a series of anecdotes, and a lot of them are kind of long. So I'm going to try to find a short one here. Uh, let's see. What the hell? The two in a row about s- funerals. Yeah, that's so, sad. <laughs> what is the depressing? I know. I had to tell a customer, I'm sorry, ma'am, we aren't delivering to your area right now because of road conditions, major snowstorm. Well, we are still doing carryout orders if you want to come and get it. To which the lady replies, oh, no, we can't come and get it. It's too dangerous to drive in this weather. I still don't know how I didn't swear at her. <laughs> wow. Night, there was a super crazy storm. That I got st- Another storm story I got stuck delivering in. Totally should have gone home, but delivering in not fun condition gives you an added bonus on Uber Eats. Things got really bad, and I decided to try and get out of the way, but instead I drove straight into flood water. One of this was uh, in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Car started filling up with water and had to crawl out the window to get out. Oh, Luckily, Jesus. some bystanders helped me get out and took me away safely. My fear of drowning definitely came back after that night, and I haven't been able to deliver since. Aww. I delivered pizza while in college. One time when I went to deliver to this one house... And they answered the door. They told me they didn't order pizza. So I made sure I had the correct address. The person who answered the door confirmed it was their address and went to ask everyone living in the house that they ordered pizza. Apparently none of them did, so I called the number that was used and asked for the correct address. They assured me that the address I was at was correct. I was confused, and so was the person at the door. The person who ordered the pizza called me again and told me they were in the shed at the bottom of the driveway. That's when the owners of the house learned that someone had been living in their shed for the past year. That's not real. That is (laughs) not real. You believe mm. that story? <laughs> How do you live a shed in a driveway? I mean, in the backyard, maybe. But and if you're and if you're living there without being told, when you have some notes, hey, uh, don't go to the front. I'm in a shed. <laughs> yeah, there's like 20, 20 of these um, stories, so, and it's I'm I'm not gonna read them all. So check that out. Link in the description below. So let's get to our last. And of course, we got a, a TikTok again. So this is from Dexerito.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is not NewsGuard certified. So, hmm. viral TikTok exposes YouTubers and celebrities alleged DoorDash tips. You know, it's funny. All these so-called celebrities they mentioned, I've never heard of. So, a viral TikTok has DoorDash drivers wait, exposing. Wait, you don't know who Donna Glover is? I know Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was on Community, but he, I haven't yeah. seen him since. Oh, no, wasn't yeah. he in Solo? Probably. Didn't he play yeah. Young? Oh, he was Lando. Yeah, yeah, Lando yeah. Parisian. Yeah, yeah. David Dobrik, Tana Mongu. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know the people. We're old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one DoorDash delivery driver uploaded a TikTok that is taking the internet by storm, but it's not just their story that's turning heads. The TikToker claimed that they delivered to a very rich recording artist's house in the Hollywood Hills. Just to receive a $2 tip despite the arduous journey there. Um, the per- driver's purported experience has gone viral, accruing nearly 1 million views, and it's got a ton of other food delivery drivers speaking out in the comments, and some of the allegations about tips are dropping jaws across the internet. 
One commenter claimed that the famed music artist Jason Derulo ordered $500 worth of food and left a zero tip. Mm. While another claimed that they received a $2 tip from Kylie Jenner after delivering a $250 order. Oh. However, it's not just A-list celebrities in these comments. Several commenters described their experience with influencers, and the stories aren't positive either. Two users say they delivered food to David Dobrik's home, with both drivers claiming they received no tip for their trouble. This prompted another commenter to reply, saying that the TikTok star Bryce Hall, again, don't know who these people are, mm. similarly failed to leave a tip. Yet another say that Tana Mangu, Mang, uh, Mango, a popular YouTuber and former wife of Jake Paul, uh, okay, tipped literally nothing after putting in a food order for $400. Mm. Of course, all these stories should be taken with a grain of salt, as there's no way to prove they're true, but it's certainly shining a light on the importance of tipping delivery drivers as part of the package deal. Um, but should should fake stories be shining a light on something if it's fake or we don't we can't verify like we didn't none of this is verifiable so yeah. shining a light to what people either misinterpreting things i mean why are you taking an order that doesn't have to i mean you know the, the same kind of arguments uh, but i'm sure there's very rich people who don't tip i i you know is it you know tipping is a very emotional issue i don't know what maybe that's the reason why i just like making um videos about it because Everyone has this, you have to do this thing, but it's like, it's very subjective. And again, why are we relying? Cause you know, I'll be honest, I am uncomfortable relying on my, you know, <laughs> making money on, on tips. It's just, I'm on, I, I want to be paid for the work I do, but that's just the nature of gig work or at least the food delivery stuff. But everyone loves to go after the, the customers. Should the customer pay your your salary to, or not salary but pay be the the majority of the wage or the company and i think that's where you know the back and forth kind of goes and i think a lot of people just get more mad at the customer mm -hmm. yeah well i mean tipping's been around for like 100 years and it's like you I, you have to change the culture to change that and i've i've read articles actually uh when i used to live in lakeland which is when I work for Publix at the headquarters here in Florida, it's about two hours um, southwest of where I live now. Mm. Um, there was a, a brand new Brazilian steakhouse that opened there, Ooh. and they started a no tipping policy when they first opened, and it only lasted like a month. <laughs> and after that, they said, um, like they had, they they totally reversed it. I forget why. They just said like. You know the servers weren't making enough money or something they were quitting because they were well because well the steakhouse wasn't going to pay them a good amount yeah. because i'm assuming steakhouses to operate are very expensive so yeah. you know you got to spend a lot of money on that food um the only restaurant that i have know that's in uh in my i guess in my area we'll call it that's no tipping is a ramen's a ramen place um because i'm assuming japanese culture they don't tipping is not something they do so even in brooklyn uh, i think it's, the restaurant's called ichiran they literally say, don't worry about, don't tip. They're, you know, everything is, you know, they're taken care of. And it's a very popular restaurant. Uh, is it so, table service? Yeah, they got table service. And it's kind of one of those spots where you can eat alone if you want to. Or you if you have a guest, it's like one of those. And it, the food is good. I'm assuming they pay their employees well. It was a packed place every time I go there. But also, like you said, cultural. So Japanese culture, they don't, tipping is not something they even yeah. deal with. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's going to be something that has to be of change. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, it's funny how, um, kind of going back to the Reservoir Dogs clip is like if you're like counter service, you, you're not expected to tip. I mean, there might be a tip jar on the counter there, mm -hmm. but it's not. 
expected, but if it's table service, then it, then you're expected to tip. And I don't know. I guess it's because they're walking, you know, that extra 15 feet or whatever. <laughs> but if you ever dated a a waitress, like one of my last girlfriends was, like she'll rant about it forever. I'm like, you know, I drive my car. You know, I'm, I'm out. It's much more dangerous than. I mean, well, kitchens can be pretty dangerous, you know. If you've ever yeah. worked in a kitchen, like I worked at Burger King when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and you're just you're gonna burn yourself. You're working around knives. You're definitely gonna cut your fingers. Um, if you're washing hot dishes, you might scald yourself on hot water. Um, yeah, but and like that's just fast food. Yeah, I think any in the hospitality industry, like you know, I have mm-hmm. friends who work in, in a bar. They working, you know, bartending and stuff like that. The things that they all complain about is basically the same things we complain about, but we are putting more of our, like we have to operate a car. They don't have to operate a car. Is yeah, they're standing, but same thing. Either um, rude customers, no tipping. It's like we all dealing with the same crap. It's just I think we independent contractors are are taking more of the brunt of everything though. Mm-hmm. My first job was at a coffee shop, and I burnt myself and cut my arm in the first ten minutes. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. That that the first days, first days, always the problem. So, anyways, that's that's all she wrote, folks. That's the the way it is, or the way it was. What was that? Um, <laughs> that's the way things are. Yes, uh, one, one of those. What words. was that name of that uh, news reporter guy? Wal- Walter that? Walter Cronkite. Um, yeah, Cronkite. I was, I was going to say Mondale, but I'm like, no, that was the presidential nominee in We're so 1984. Old. <laughs> We're yeah. talking about Cronkite. <sighs> uh, I have enjoyed the uh, Alec Baldwin memes the last few days. Have you seen <laughs> that? It, it, it's especially to what he's been saying, how he behaved before this. Yeah. It's like not a lot of people are feeling sorry for him for what he did or what whatever happened. It's, I don't know. It's That's crazy, man. Do you see this one? It said a couple of bartenders at a restaurant I frequented were registered sex offenders. In short, what? they don't check backgrounds quite to the same extent. Did your average? The problem is what you consider sex offender. Like they should abolish the sex offender registry. It does nothing. And because what's considered a sex crime is like if you're like 19 and you have sex like with a 16. I mean, they've started doing like these Romeo and Juliet laws for that. Hmm. But but um, there's I. We're getting way off subject now. We're talking about sex offenders and stuff. But I was wondering, like, uh, yeah, is it DoorDash? Because it seems like a lot of people are able to yeah. get in the DoorDash without. Well, you remember a few passing. months ago when uh, the dude put his dick in the cop's Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he was a gang member. And how yeah. many did he have? Like, he had multiple felonies, right? From yeah, I remember, yeah. it wasn't like some misdemeanor, like felonies. And DoorDash is like, yeah, you can deliver food for us, like. It's crazy. Uh, uh, going back to the, the tips thing from our last segment. Sure. Um, I was going to say, you know, I've never, like the closest I've ever come to a, delivering to a celebrity is I, and I can't even, and this isn't even for sure, is I'm pretty sure I delivered to an Orlando City soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize it until I got home and I was like looking at the website or something and I was like, I'm pretty sure I delivered that guy. Um, the closest, that's, that's like the closest I've ever done to a, delivering a celebrity or anything like that um i did hear stories of uh when i used to do rideshare back like way back in like 2017 or whatever somebody said they gave a ride for um elizabeth hurley she was in 
the first Austin Powers movie. Yeah, I'm familiar, um, yeah, familiar. They gave her a ride from like Orlando to Tampa, and she tipped him like a dollar or something. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, and I I like the closest I've ever been in that situation was this summer when I was up in upstate New York. My sister got a job at a, uh, a like a winery. It's more like a tasting room, and mm. it's like in the country, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Just says you know I don't know, go upstate. Vermont, you know, anywhere in New England, especially in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, and there's a winery or a brewery, especially mm. during the summer or the fall. And it's like, you know, you sit outside and just nothing to look at except trees, you know, and, you know, ponds, you know, stuff I, like I, that. That'll sound bad, actually. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're awesome. And so she yeah. got a part-time job. She doesn't really need the money. She just did it for her kicks. Mm. Um, so my sister, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm working. A sh- so, um, you know, so she went to work, and then me and her husband, we drove up like an hour later, and we got a table, and she was waiting on us, obviously. Hmm. And, you know, and then, so we're there for like an hour and a half, two hours. And then, like, you know, it comes to pay the bill, and I'm like, I have to tip my sister. <laughs> yeah. So I tipped her $20 cash mm-hmm. on like a $20 tab. So I t- basically tipped her 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, as, you, the next- as you should. <laughs> this is when I was doing my um when I was doing the twenty five push ups a day challenge. Yeah. Um the next morning she just gives me the twenty dollars back and says, Hey, put this towards your uh your American Cancer Society fund. Oh so, that's yeah. nice. So yeah, if you guys are watching uh in the let us know if you've ever delivered or given a ride to a celebrity and if they tipped or or what. So Yeah, I would not I would not know. I'm sure there's a lot of famous people where you know, where I'm at, but I tell you, that's why I'm I'm not too thrilled with this contactless delivery. So a lot of it's probably I'm it's probably someone because you know everyone's living in an apartment. It's a lot of luxury apartments in New York City, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming I probably have, but I wouldn't know mm-hmm. if if they you know I haven't had. To be honest, even in the last story or the second to last story about drivers like nightmare <laughs> or horror stories, I never really de- dealt with a really terrible customer so far. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm lucky. Yeah, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Did you see Kyle? No, he said he, I delivered to my mom, and she didn't tip. <laughs> hey, listen, he needs to make a channel. He's always coming with these, these crazy yeah. one-liners, man. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's about it. Um, which I said ten minutes ago. You got so what's on uh, your schedule for this week? Uh, Tuesday, I'm talking to Eli Esh. He came back after a few weeks. Um, really popular uh, gig tuber. Um, just high energy videos. I, I just, you know, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. Is and he's actually launching something really um, interesting. I uh, definitely want to check that out on Tuesday at nine. And then you know, talking to my buddy Pedro. The, you know, we, me and him are just drama kings. Uh, we're gonna be talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be talking on Wednesday around I think ten thirty, a little later in the day or in the night or af- yeah. after after your interview uh so, so is that yeah. like a new ongoing thing now or just whenever you get a chance it's whenever or? i get a chance we want to talk about something uh, it's not like every week cause i think last time i talked to him maybe two two weeks ago so you know he likes talking i like talking so it works this guy said i had done an uber ride for a former washington state governor a couple of cnn reporters they I, did uh, tip. Uh, well, dc that's the place to mm-hmm. be if you're doing some gig work uh, I wouldn't set foot there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, links to everything in the description below. There's a couple of stories we skipped. 
And one that you're probably... Well, actually, nobody brought it up, so I thought people were going to be on the edge of their seats like, I can't wait till they talk about this, and then we didn't talk about it. So if you know what I'm talking about, then you <laughs> <He's> know. Just... <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Uh, yeah, so the only thing I have planned for this week is my interview with uh, Aaron Hoffman tomorrow, and I'm also going to try to make sit down i want to oh, oh yeah remind me to make a video where i say hey all gig tubers you can yeah make a 30 second ad on my show for free if you want um and i'm sure somehow that'll get spun around into me being a jerk for some reason but um can't control yeah. that can't tr- control it by the way this show is available as an audio podcast on pretty much every podcatcher i checked them all so i mean itunes spotify stitcher google apple I use Overcast, and uh, yeah, so if you'd rather listen instead of watch, it's available, especially if you're driving around in your car. So, Kyle said, would you accept a tip from your own mother? Yeah. No. Money's money. No, we're not. My mom sends me greeting cards out of the blue for no reason, like with a $20 bill in them. Oh, that's that's adorable. That's my mom tipping me, you know? (laughs) For what? It's like a random Tuesday, you know? (laughs) That's like nice. hey, I hope I, like she's like we haven't heard from you in a while, so here's twenty dollars. You know, make sure you're you know you're not yeah. you know back on your feet if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> like I have money, but yeah, mm. I, I'd accept a tip from every, pretty much anybody unless it was uh, like I don't know, like them punching down or something. I don't know, but anyway, all right, let's get out of here. Everybody have a good night. Um, I will see you in. What, 12, 13, 14, 14 and a half, 15 hours for my uh, my next show. And uh, until then, keep gigging or uh, keep hustling, sorry. Let's do go. the outro. All right. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back in a few days interviewing a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to discuss the world of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.